And welcome back to The Word Encounter, episode 109. Uh, we concluded the book of Psalms yesterday, so we're going to start uh, in the next book, which is Proverbs, one of my favorite books in the Bible. Uh, let's go over a little bit about you know what we know about Proverbs. There are 31 chapters in Proverbs. 29 were written by Solomon. And so um, Solomon was gifted with wisdom by the Lord because that's what he asked for. And so he was a young king. He knew he did not have enough experience or enough knowledge to lead the people, and the people were numerous. And so when the Lord granted him, you know, what he wanted, he asked for wisdom so that he would make the right decisions. He didn't ask for riches, fame, fortune, reputation, anything. He asked for wisdom. But because of that, the Lord granted him these other things. And so uh, Solomon was said to be the wisest king in all of the world. And he would have visitations from other kings, from other emissaries from around the world would come to have court with Solomon so that they could partake of his wisdom and knowledge. And so his reputation was worldwide. And um, because of that, uh, Israel was tremendously blessed. Um, the nation was the most prosperous uh, territory when Solomon was the king, you know, and that was a direct result of the wisdom that the Lord had granted him. Uh, Solomon was a collector of sayings and whatnot. And so <clears throat> he authored a lot of these sayings. He may have heard some of these from other people. I don't know. Um, but he, he collected them and they became proverbs. And so uh, we see that um, proverbs takes biblical principle and it massages biblical principle into everyday life situations and guidance for everyday life. And so therefore, one is exercising wisdom and knowledge uh, when they are accessing Proverbs to help guide their lives. And these are all founded on biblical principles. And so uh, Solomon's tends, uh, excuse me, Proverbs tends to be, in my opinion, one of the most approachable books because you can look to it for guidance and wisdom as you're going through uh, everyday life situations in practical situations with practical advice and practical solutions. And so with that, we are going to get started in chapter one. So we see in chapter one, um, uh, the section heading here is called the purpose of Proverbs. And it says, um, the Proverbs of Solomon son of David, king of Israel. Verse 2, for learning wisdom and discipline, for understanding insightful sayings, for receiving prudent, prudent instruction in righteousness, justice, and integrity, for teaching shrewdness to the inexperienced, knowledge and discretion to a young man, let a wise person listen and increase learning, and let a discerning person ob obtain guidance for understanding a proverb or parable, the words of the wise, and their riddles. Verse 7. To me, this is one of the most foundational things. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. And so we start getting wise when we start to become in awe of the Lord, when we start to recognize that God is God, that God is who he says is that God is who he says he is. The word says that's the beginning of wisdom. The next section, uh, subtitle says, um, avoid the path of the violent. Verse 8, listen, my son, to your father's instruction and don't reject your, mo your mother's teaching. In other words, honor your parents, <laughs> for they will be a garland of favor on your head 
and pendants around your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, don't be persuaded. Now, this is one of the most important life lessons I think that anybody can learn. When somebody, when the wicked, when sinners and whatnot are trying to entice you into doing something, because let's face it, if something, if a temptation didn't have a degree of allure to it, if it wasn't satisfying in some way, then it wouldn't be a temptation. And so when sinners or wicked people are trying to entice you, they're trying to entice you with something that on the surface looks pretty good. And so the word says, if sinners entice you, don't be persuaded. In other words, know the source of where your enticement is coming from and be careful about it. Down in verse 20, uh, the section title says, Wisdom's Plea. Uh, Wisdom calls out in the street. She makes her voice heard to the public squares. She cries out above the uh, she cries out above the commotion. She speaks at the entrance of the city gates. And so we're referring to wisdom as a person, okay, as a sheep. She speaks out of out of the commotion. She speaks at the entrance of the city gates. Verse 22. How long in inexperienced ones will you love ignorance? That's an interesting question. (laughs) How long, inexperienced ones, will you love ignorance? How long will you mockers enjoy mocking and you fools hate knowledge? When somebody's trying to deliver wisdom to you, and a lot of times when wisdom is trying to be delivered, people mock it. And so the word is here is calling them fools. And why do you hate knowledge? Verse 23. If you respond to my warning, then I will pour out my spirit on you and teach you my words. Since I called out and you refused, extended my hand and no one paid attention, since you neglected all my counsel and did not accept my correction. Again, this is wisdom talking. I, wisdom, in turn, will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you. When terror strikes you like a storm, and your calamity comes like a whirlwind when trouble and stress come over, overcome you, then they will call me, but I won't answer. You know, when you listen to yourself and you get yourself into a world of trouble and then you realize I need some wisdom to get out of this thing. Wisdom says I won't answer. They will search for me, but won't find me because they hated knowledge, didn't choose to fear the Lord, were not interested in my counsel and rejected all my correction. In other words, I tried to discipline you. I tried to send you warning. I tried to give you a a heads up, but you just didn't listen. They will eat the fruit of their way and be glutted to their own schemes. So he's essentially, wisdom is is essentially going to turn itself over to you. Since you're the one that wanted to be your own God, wisdom is is saying, okay, go ahead, go ahead. Verse 32, for the apostasy of the inexperienced will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live securely and be undisturbed by the dread of danger. Wow. Let's go on to chapter two. And we see here uh, the section title says wisdom's worth. In other words, wisdom has a value. My son. If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, 
Listen closely to wisdom and directing your heart to understanding. Furthermore, if you call out to insight, insight and lift your voice to understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it like hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. See, What's being proposed here is how, uh, how, how fervently are you searching for this? How desperately do you want it? It says if, you, if you're fervent enough, if you're desperate enough, you will discover it and you will understand the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Verse nine, then you will understand righteousness, justice and integrity, every good path for wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will delight you. Discretion will watch over you and understanding will guard you. It will rescue you from the way of evil, uh, from anyone who says perverse things, from those who abandon the right paths and walk in the ways of darkness, from those uh, who enjoy doing evil and celebrate perversion, whose paths are crooked and whose ways are devious. So wisdom is going to keep you from, from all that. Verse 16, it will rescue you from forbidden women. <laughs> Here we go. From a wayward woman with her flattering talk, who abandons the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. None, none return who go to her. In other words, if you're involved with the married woman, this is what it's warning against. <clears throat> if you're involved with the married woman, it says, none return who go to her, none reach the paths of life. So follow the way of good and keep the paths of righteousness for the upright will inhabit the land and those of integrity will remain in it. Proverbs has a lot to say about people wandering off in infidelity, as we'll see. <laughs> Chapter three, the section uh, title says, trust the Lord. My son, don't forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commands, for they will bring you many days of full life and well-being. Never let loyalty and faithfulness leave you. Never let loyalty and faithfulness leave you. Loyalty, allowing loyalty and faithfulness to leave us is very, very easy. Somebody does something that offends us or says the wrong thing or, or whatever, our loyalty and faithfulness can go out the window immediately because we allow it to. It doesn't have to, but we allow it to. Never let loyalty and faithfulness leave you. Tie them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will find favor and high regard with God and people. Verse five, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. I could say this a hundred times. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. So many times we're relying on our own, on our own understandings, either our own understanding or another man's opinion and his understanding. Everybody's understanding except for God's. Okay. Because it makes more sense to us when we listen to somebody else. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways, know him and he will make your path straight. Verse seven, 
Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Don't make judgments based on what makes sense or doesn't make sense to you. Make judgments based on what God says. Let that be the basis and the foundation of your decision-making. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. This will be healing for your body and strengthening for your bones. It also takes a lot of pressure off you. You see, when you're making your own decisions and you're thinking about them, trying to figure out what the right thing to do is, what the right way to go is, that's a lot of pressure you're putting on yourself, a lot of pressure that you weren't meant to, to carry, you weren't meant to bear. And so don't be wise in your, own, in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Rely on what he says about that particular circumstance or situation. <clears throat> Verse 9, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first produce, produce of your entire harvest. Now, if you remember, oh, a few months ago, um, when we were back in the, in the beginning, well, not in the beginning, but back several chapters in the Old Testament, and uh, we talked about the Feast of the First Fruits and First Fruits, and I think I said what I did with my business. This is a, you know, this is spelling out why I do what I do in my business. And so whenever I would start a new business, the first time I earned some revenue from that business, regardless of what it was, regardless of how much it was, I dedicated it to the Lord. I gave it away. Okay. And this is the reason why. Honor the Lord with your possessions in the first fruit of your entire harvest. Then your barns will be completely filled and your vats will overflow with new wine. In other words, if you demonstrate to the Lord that, look, I'm not married to, I, I don't have anything that you haven't given me. So therefore, when I earn a revenue from a business that I have started, I'm going to give that away as a sign to you and to myself that you are the source of my substance. And so I give it away. And then the word says, then your burns will be completely filled and your vats will overflow with new wine. And every time I have done that, then my barns were filled and my vats overflowed. In other words, my business became prosperous, and I believe that this is the reason why. Verse 11, do not despise the Lord's instruction, my son, and do not loathe his discipline. Do not hate his discipline. When he disciplines you, just say, you know, yes, Lord, I deserve it, yes, Lord, because he's trying to do it not to punish you, but to show you the right way. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves. See, he disciplines. He doesn't discipline the one that doesn't like him. He disciplines. See, we look at discipline as punishment. No, but discipline is about correction so that you can prosper, you know, from that point forward. Just as the father disciplines his son in whom he delights, the Lord disciplines us. The next sec uh, section title says wisdom brings happiness. Uh, verse 13, happy is a man who finds wisdom and who acquires understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and her revenue is better than gold. Happy is the man who finds wisdom. Okay. Verse 15, she is more precious than jewels. Nothing you desire can equal her. Long life is in her right hand, in her left riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant and all her paths are peaceful. She is a tree of life to those who embrace her and those who hold on to her are happy. 
Again, she, this is referring to wisdom. Okay. In other words, we're saying, look, you got to have a relationship with wisdom. You got to have a close relationship with wisdom. The next section, uh, section uh, title says, treat others fairly. Verse 27, when it is in your power, don't withhold good from the one whom it belongs. Don't be stingy with your goodness. Don't say to your neighbor, go away, come back later. I'll give it tomorrow when it is there with you. When you have it, when it's within your power and you have it within your possession, whatever it is, you know, friendship, relationship, you know, sustenance, you know, food, clothing, whatever, whatever it is you have that your neighbor may need. The word is saying, don't be stingy with it and don't put it off until tomorrow. Verse 29, don't plan any harm against your neighbor for he trusts you and lives near you. See? So we get stingy with stuff. We get stingy with our time. We get stingy with our energy. And in the past, at times, I have been very guilty of this. In many cases, it was easier for me to give something of substance, be it like money or something else, than to give my time and energy. And so I was in error. And, and at, at times, I still have to fight that. You know, because your, your neighbor needs to prosper from your existence. You know, people should be better off having known you than not. That's the way I look at it. Let's go on to chapter four. Mm. And the section title says, A Father's Example. Verse five, get wisdom get understanding. Don't forget or turn away from the words from my mouth. Don't abandon wisdom and she will watch over you. Love her and she will guard you. Wisdom is supreme, so get wisdom. And whenever, uh, and whatever else you get, get understanding. You get wisdom, wisdom will yield, will lead to understanding. Cherish her and she will exalt you. If you embrace her, she will honor you. She will place a garland of favor on your head. She will give you a crown of beauty. Two ways of life is the next uh, section title. It says the path of the righteous is like uh, the light of dawn, shining brighter and brighter until midday. But the way of the wicked is like the darkest gloom. They don't know what makes them stumble. In other words, you're saying that the wicked essentially are stupid because they don't understand that their wickedness is what's making them stumble, not something other than that. They may be able to identify something else, but the root of the issue is their wickedness. The straight path. Verse 20. My son, pay attention to my words. Listen closely to my sayings. Don't lose sight of them. Keep them uh, within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to uh, one's whole body. Guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. Let me highlight that. Guard your heart above anything else, for it is the source of life. Don't let your mouth speak dishonestly and don't let your lips talk deviously. Your mouth speaking dishonestly and your lips speaking deviously are manifestations of the condition of your heart. Saying, guard your heart. Keep your heart soft. Don't be like Pharaoh. Remember, Pharaoh hardened his heart. 
And so he became hard. He became resentful. He became vengeful. The word here is saying, guard your heart from all of that. Above all else, guard your heart. Because the, the, out, of the, out, of the, out of the heart is what flows into your mouth and out of your mouth. And so you have to watch. You have to guard your heart so that you can essentially guard your mouth. And that will protect you from the ways of the wicked. Chapter 5, the title here says, Avoid Seduction. Verse 3, Though the lips of the forbidden woman drip honey and her words are smoother than oil, in the end she's as bitter as a wormwood and as sharp as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps head straight for Sheol. She doesn't consider the path of life. She doesn't know that her ways are unstable. So when it talks about the forbidden woman, it's talking about a married woman. Okay. So from a married woman, you know, uh, words laced with honey can come dripping from her mouth. And it may seem smoother than oil. But they're bitter. They're extremely bitter. And they will lead to destruction. Verse 8. Keep your way far from her. Don't go near the door of her house. Otherwise, you will give up your vitality to others and your years to someone cruel. You'll give away a lot of your substance. How? Strangers will drain your resources. And your hard-earned pay will end up in a foreigner's house. At the end of your life, you will lament when your physical body has been consumed. When you're old and you're weak and you're feeble, you will start to lament some of the decisions you made in your youth. And you will say how I hated discipline and how my heart despised correction. I didn't obey my teachers or listen closely to my instructors. I am on the verge of complete ruin before the entire community. So this is a person coming near the end of their life, recognizing all of the manifestations that are now upon him that were based and sourced in the decisions that he made when he was young, the wrong decisions. The title says, enjoy marriage, verse 15. Drink water from your own cistern, water flowing from your own well. Should your springs flow in the streets? Streams in the public squares, this would be cleared up. They should be for you alone and not for you to share with strangers. He's talking about your wife. He's talking about your spouse. Drink from your own cistern. Don't be looking elsewhere, you know, uh, (laughs) because, you know, the same thing could happen to you. And, And so what belongs to you? Should that be allowed to flow out in the streets? Should everybody have access to and partake of that? Verse 18. Let your fountain be blessed and take pleasure in the wife of your youth. Enjoy, the, enjoy your wife, not somebody else's wife. Enjoy your wife. Enjoy your spouse, not somebody else's spouse. Verse 19, a loving dear or graceful doe, let her breasts always satisfy you. Be lost in her love forever. See, people have the wrong impression with regard to sex and God. I think, you know, God is some kind of prude or this and that. No, 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 no. God invented sex. Okay. He made it so that a man and wife could enjoy it. 
but enjoy it in the way that he meant it to be enjoyed, in the way that he created it. A loving deer, a graceful doe, let her breasts always satisfy you, be lost in her love forever. Verse 20, why, my son, would you lose yourself with a forbidden woman or embrace a wayward woman? So he said, why, why would you go somewhere else? Your treasure is right in front of you. You are married to your treasure. Verse 21, for a man's ways are before the Lord's eyes, and he considers all his plans. In other words, everything that you've done and everything that you're planning in your head, God knows. And he considers all of this when he's evaluating you. Verse 22, a wicked man's in, um, inequities will trap him. He will become tangled in the ropes of his own sin. He will die because there is no discipline and be lost because of his great stupidity. Talk about making it plain. He will die because there is no discipline. He will die because he, he has not listened to instruction. He has not uh, listened to discipline. He decided he wanted to do his own thing for his own reasons. And because of that, he will be lost because of his great stupidity. Don't let that be you. I'm surely praying that's not me. And with that, we'll pick it up in Proverbs chapter 6 tomorrow. Everybody be blessed. Bye-bye.